Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. Well, good morning. I am Brian Wilmarth. I'm the senior pastor here at New Life. Thank you for joining us on this Christmas Eve. If you are a guest with us, uh, we're so glad you're here. We hope you feel a welcome, and we hope you feel at home while we're uh, together this morning. We'd love to meet you after the service, so come out to the lobby, stop by that connections desk, and we'd love to connect. Um, And then if you are new with us, but for those of us who also call this, uh, this church, your home, we've got a QR code that we're going to throw up here. If you want to follow along in the message, we've got some notes online on our website. And so you can grab that QR code and follow along and take some digital notes if that's kind of your thing. But you can also find some other information about our church, our life groups, uh, some of the things that we have going on in, in our ministries. So that QR code will take you to a lot of great stuff. Uh, on our website. So we encourage you, go ahead and grab that and and use that tool if that is helpful for you. Well, we now are going to turn our attention to God's Word. And and at this Christmas time, it's a time to celebrate, right? It's a time to celebrate the coming of Jesus. It's a time to celebrate the light coming in to the darkness. Because it's true, right? There's darkness. There's darkness all around us. And we have darkness in our lives. And that's one of the things that when we think about it, when we pause and reflect, we realize there's these things in our life that just aren't the way they should be. Maybe you're a student, you you go to school, and you've had somebody make fun of you. That's not the way that's supposed to be. Maybe you find a lack of fulfillment in your job. That's not the way that's supposed to be. Or maybe you have a broken relationship. This is a time for families to get together, but that's not something you look forward to right now. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Perhaps you're mourning the loss of a loved one. Someone has passed away, even maybe at this time. It's not the way it's supposed to be. There's darkness in the world. There's darkness in our lives. What can be done about it? Is there something to be done about it? There is. And we're going to briefly meditate on an Old Testament uh, prophecy, an Old Testament longing that speaks directly to this. So if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you, follow along with me in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. We're going to be looking at 2 Samuel chapter 7 where we see God make a promise to David. Now, David, you've probably heard of David. Maybe you know him, David and Goliath. He's the one who slayed the giant. So David became king, and he arguably was the greatest king in all of Israel. And David had had brought the kingdom to a place where there was a lot of flourishing prosperity. They had defeated their enemies. This was the golden age And so David is reflecting on that and saying, God, you've built all this stuff for us. I want to build a temple for you. Because God's presence had been dwelling in a tent, something that, you know, was kind of impermanent. He's like, I need to build a temple for you. And so we pick up right here where God is responding to David in this this desire that he has. So look at chapter 7, beginning at verse 12. Follow along with me if you would. 
This is God speaking to David. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and he, or I, will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, a temple. He will build a house for my name. But I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. And when he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love, my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, who was the previous king, whom I removed before you, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So again, David, who's wanting to build a temple, hears this in response. God's like, I don't need a temple, but let me tell you what I'm going to do. You want to build something for me? I'm going to build something for you. And what is he going to build? A kingdom. A kingdom from David that will never end. Imagine that for a moment. Like to hear this, you want to build me a temple. I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to raise up an offspring for you. And he's going to sit on your throne forever. That, That is quite the response that God gives. There's going to be a never-ending kingdom that comes from David. Now, put yourself in, in the people's shoes. Who would, have been, who would have heard this? This comes at a time when there's a lot of prosperity. Things are flourishing. Things are as they should be. And God's going to come in and say, this will never end. I'm going to raise up somebody who's going to sit on this. I'm going to raise up a king who's going to lead to this kingdom that will never end. I mean, for people in darkness, for people who are hearing that things aren't as they should be, when we look at our own lives, we see that things aren't the way they're supposed to be. We're living in darkness. This is good news. A kingdom like David's, one of flourishing, of thriving, things as they should be, will never end end. But if you know the story, you probably can put together the pieces here. It's like, okay, well, who's going to be that child from David? Solomon, who was his son, would build a temple, but he would mess things up. The kingdom would split, and over several centuries, eventually, both kingdoms would fall. So we see there's something here that God's like, I'm going to bring up somebody, but we don't see the fulfillment yet. We don't see it come to fruition. So is there this promise for people in darkness that there will be flourishing? Who is going to be this king? Who's going to be the one that's going to rise up to sit on David's throne forever? Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month... Of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. 
a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus is this king. He is the king whom David heard about. There was going to be one to sit on your throne forever. Here he is. At Christmas time, we celebrate the newborn king. But this is not just any ordinary king. This is a king who's going to come. He's going to sit on a throne and it's going to last for all eternity. Now remember the picture. David's throne, David's kingdom was one of flourishing, of thriving, light in the darkness. Jesus is that king who would emerge, who would bring about that light, who would show up to usher us in to a David-like kingdom. That is the good news of this baby who is born. He's going to grow up, and he's going to be a king. But did you catch something in, in the promise to David? I want to go back to 2 Samuel for a second. Because Jesus is this king, but there's something unexpected about him. Did you catch in verse 14 of chapter 7? I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. When he does the wrong thing, I'm going to discipline him. But if you know something about Jesus, you know that Jesus, he, he didn't do anything wrong. He was perfect. He lived the kind of life that we are supposed to live. He is the kind of human being we were meant to be. But here we get a promise that when he does wrong, I'm going to discipline him. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. Yet, he would grow up. And this kind of thing would happen to him, right? See, this baby who's born in a manger is going to grow up to be a man who's going to go to a cross. He's going to be flogged. He's going to be whipped. He's going to be tortured. Why? He didn't do anything wrong. He is stepping into our place. We are the ones who've done the wrong. We've messed up. We've made mistakes. We have taken things in the wrong direction. And Jesus, what does he do? He is the good king who steps in on our behalf. So this promise, this illusion of like when he does wrong, he doesn't do anything wrong. But yet he still receives our discipline 
He goes to the cross for our sake so that we don't have to. What kind of king does that? A king who wants to bring light in darkness. This is the kind of king who lays down his life for us. Because this, this is how you defeat the darkness. When we think about our lives, when we think about all the things that are wrong and broken and not as they should be, Jesus as king steps in and he says, I'm going to make it right by laying my life down for you. All the wrong, all the brokenness, all the things that are not as they should be. Jesus was born to fix it with his blood. He laid down his life for us. That's the kind of king that he is. So when we see Jesus show up, when we hear that he is the newborn king, he is an unexpected king. He's the kind of king that we weren't necessarily expecting. We were a longing for him. We were waiting for him, but he came in an unusual way. So, if he is king, if he's king over everything, and he's the kind of king that makes all things that are wrong right, if he is that king, what do we do? We make him king of our lives. We allow him to be king of our lives. If we want to live in a David-like environment, we want to be in that kind of space where Everything is as it should be. We make him king in our lives. We do that by trusting him. We, we follow what he says. It's like if we want to live in that kind of life, if we want to follow in that kind of way, we've got to follow him. We've got to align ourselves to him. See, at Christmas... It's easy for us to, to look at a baby in a manger, to celebrate the quietness, the, the beauty of that. But eventually, he's going to grow up. He's going to lay down his life for us. And we have a choice. We, we look at him and say, he's my king. I'm going to follow him. That's what we're all about here at New Life. Our vision is that we want to pursue Jesus. We want to go after him. We want to choose to align our lives completely to him. And we want to proclaim him by all that we say, all that we do, because he is king. He is king over all. And he's king over me. We want to do that in grace and truth, the way that he is, stepping into his kind of kingdom. So... At Christmas, we're reminded he is the newborn king. Will we let him be king in our lives? Will we trust him, put our faith in him, align our lives to him, and follow him? This baby offers us an invitation. Will we let him be king? So, kind of bring this all together. Jesus, he is the long-awaited but unexpected king. A promise made to David centuries before. Said one's going to show up. He's going to sit on your throne. 
And he's going to bring about a kingdom that will never end. Will you let him be king? Because when we do, he is the light that will cast out the darkness. He will restore the things that are broken. He will cover over the wrongs that we do. Will you let him be king? That's the challenge of Christmas. And it's also the good news. So we've been in this series looking at how Jesus is fulfilling all of these longings, all of these foreshadowings, all of these prophecies. We are anticipating him bringing it all together. And so that's what we've been exploring in this series. But maybe as a way to bring it all together, we have a video. We want to show you this video because it it is pointing all of it back to Jesus. He is the one. It is in his name that all things come together.